Are you a fan of vampires? Then check out Vlada a Dracula Tale on Facebook and on Twitter for more information about an exciting new graphic novel coming soon from me and artist Ken Hunt. We take the entire story of Dracula and we gender swap the cast. This is not your traditional graphic novel. It's very akin to the Bernie Wrightson Frankenstein that you may have seen or read about. Amazing black and white illustrations and covers by Ken Hunt, as well as by Tim Vigil, Kara Nicole, and many others contributing to this amazing project. Keep an eye on the Vlada A Dracula Tale Facebook and Twitter for more information about the exciting Kickstarter coming late October. one of the vilest of crimes. I am a doctor, you know. I have decided to extend my leniency to its limits by only sentencing you to be committed to the state asylum for the criminally insane for a period of five years. up your work completely and you haven't I succeeded this time and every sacrifice will be worthwhile Welcome to another exciting episode of Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, the Hammer Horror Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm your co-host, Ro Lorne. And tonight we are talking about the final Frankenstein movie in the Hammer Saga, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell. <laughs> which has Peter Cushing and Terrence Howard returning. 
Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this one. And we will get into why they return and uh, everything else about the movie, as well as, of course, uh, who else returns with us is David Prowse as the monster once again. Yes. Which is, uh, I knew he played the monster in this movie. I was like, maybe he only did it once. Nope, he did it twice. And then four years, sorry, three years later, they would uh, team up once again for a little film called Star Wars. (laughs) Ro has the plot synopsis for us for the film. I, I do. Okay, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, directed by Terrence Fisher, first released on May 2nd, 1974. Our film begins with a grave robber, Patrick Throughton, taking a freshly dead corpse and bringing it to a young man, Simon Helder, Shane Briant. Simon, a young doctor and admirer of Barron's work, is caught by the police and is tried for the crime of sorcery and sentenced to the state insane asylum for five years. Once at the asylum, he introduces himself to the director, Adolf Klaus, John Stratton, to get information about Frankenstein, but is told that he has died. Victor Frankenstein, played by Peter Cushing again, having survived the fire at the end of Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, a film that we have previously covered, is the is at the same insane asylum where he has been made a surgeon. The Baron, under the alias Dr. Carl Victor, uses his position to continue his experiments in the creation of man. He has made a deal with Klaus that Frankenstein is dead, so he can work on patients under the pseudonym Victor, but Frank will leave and reveal the horrible corruption if Klaus continues to sexually assault the female patients. Meanwhile, Sarah, Madeline Smith, nicknamed the Angel, who is mute, is caring for Simon's wounds after he was sprayed with a fire hose by the orderlies. Frank takes him to... Er, uh, Victor takes him to his room to address his wounds and to assess his mental health. Frankenstein is impressed by Helder's talents and takes him under his wing as an apprentice. Victor makes Klaus sign over Simon's freedom so they may begin work. He starts by showing him how to, ter- how to care for the inmates, with promises of having him take over the work and help with his private work as well. The Baron's new experiment is the hulking, ape-like Schneider, David Prowse, a homicidal inmate who he has kept alive after jumping out of a window, and and has the hands of a recently deceased sculptor, Bernard Lee, stitched to him with the help of Sarah, since Victor's hands were injured in the fire in the previous film. Simon tells the Baron that he is a surgeon, so the two can begin working on completing the creature. The creature awakens and is angry, mute, and stumbling. Frankenstein is pleased that he saw him, even if it tries to kill him. Suspicious of Frankenstein's desires to complete the creature, Simon worries that he's going to kill the patients. After a professor hangs himself, they use his brain and put it into the creature. Soon, the creature has new eyes, a new brain, and new hands, and and is awakened is saddened by his new appearance and eventually becomes intent on revenge and killing. The Baron reveals that Sarah is the daughter of the director and has been mute ever since he tried to rape her. The creature's body overpowers his mind and it goes on a killing spree in the asylum, killing several of the inmates, including Klaus. 
eventually killed by the mob of inmates. Simon is devastated by the loss of life and reports to Frankenstein. However, the Baron feels that it was the best that could happen to such a creature and is already considering a new experiment with other donors. Simon and Sarah watch silently as Frankenstein starts tidying up the lab, discussing how he's going to build his next creature. The creature in this film probably has to be the one that you have to feel the most pity for. Oh, yeah. Uh, we will get to that. There's a Blu-ray for this film. There's many ways to watch this film. Apparently, It's on Hulu and it's on Amazon Prime. But there's a Blu-ray for it from Scream Factory that contains an audio commentary with the show's former guest, Steve Haberman, again, and Constantine Nasser, who we've uh, I've tried to have on the show. Also, a commentary with Madeline Smith, David Prowse, and film historian Jonathan Sothcott as well as a new bonus material, The Men Who Made Hammer, Roy Skeggs, theatrical trailer, and radio spots. Boy, oh boy, Screen Factory really puts into, like, the amount of, like, content onto these films. It's unbelievable. They really do. Yeah, they just did it with the Friday the 13th box set, but there's a bunch of complaints now coming out about the Friday the 13th box set. The only one I've encountered so far is the uh, um, Jason Goes to Hell is missing a scene from the movie. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's a quick little FX cut too. It's it's a weird. It's not even a whole scene. It's just a it's just a cut of a of a of a uh, cook trying to punch reporter Jason and then he grabs his hand and then he's supposed to snap the arm and the bone is supposed to come right through the arm and mm-hmm. uh it just re- goes right to the cook's reaction. What? Yep. And That's then I had so to put in the DVD in the blue in the DVD of the actual the other the the, the DVD of the film and uh yeah, it's there. I'm like, oh no! And then there's a couple other technical errors that are coming up. Yeah, some people are not happy. Some people are just nitpicking about like 50.1 surround or something being not like what they expected. And it's like they've had to explain before that these are being transferred from really bad negatives, like really badly kept negatives. Like Paramount did not keep the Friday the 13th movies in pristine condition. So um, it was not a franchise they cared about. <laughs> so we open it up with a dude digging a grave, digging up bodies, and I'm wondering the entire time, where is Frankenstein? Because Peter Cushing's back. And uh Yes. What is the name of the grave digger? Is that Body Snatcher? Is that is that, is yeah. that who it is? Oh, okay. Yeah. So Patrick... That's all I could find. <laughs> Alright. I was gonna say. So that's Patrick Thoughton Throughton Throughton. Um who was in Yes, who was Yeah, who was in Cloves in who was Clove in Scars of Dracula. Oh, I thought he looked from. I thought that name looked familiar. Yep. So he came back, um, and he delivers the body to a young man who is basically copying Frankenstein's work in a book, which is hilarious when you think about Frankenstein would have anything published about how to like raise the dead and stuff. It's kind of unusual. <laughs> yeah, I thought that he's like, yeah, I understand that he was a professor at one point, like in a university, maybe, or that he had like medical journals published. But to think that he had journals published of how to uh, stitch together people parts uh, is a little interesting, I love how especially you call it people parts. since they get arrested for it. <laughs> Uh, Shane Bryan, who plays Simon, ouch, is still alive today, and they just announced a movie, again, this is IMDb I'm going off of, so it might not be 100% accurate, called Sherlock Holmes vs. Frankenstein. (laughs) 
interesting. And he's playing a character named Simon Helder. Holy shit, no way. Oh my god. But this is apparently based on a short that he was in. He was the narrator for a short film called Sherlock Holmes vs. Frankenstein. Two public public domain properties you can do whatever you want with. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So he's playing the same character, you think, years later? I think that would be I think that'd be pretty fascinating. Right. And uh we've seen him before. He was Paul, one of the many Pauls in Captain Chrono's <laughs> Vampire Hunter. Yes, cuz that's I uh, that those two films are uh, are packaged together sometimes, apparently. Definitely. Um and then uh, another film I want to point out that he was in, he was Dorian Gray in the picture of Dorian Gray. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Good on him. So he receives the body, but after the groundskeeper like knocks a police officer in there, and then the, and then as soon as uh, the police come looking for the grounds, the the Dave the the Dave the grave digger, he immediately gives up uh, Simon. He uh, immediately uh, he like goes to a bar to drink away, His being day. a grave robber. Yeah, and then snaps. <laughs> immediately, it's like, oh wait, no. Uh, I mean, if you arrest me, I can tell you why I was robbing. The, the graves this this is weird kid doing yeah. spooky shit <laughs> quid pro quo how about i tell you something yeah <laughs> so simon gets goes to court and then he's committed whoa he's committed to the asylum um and it just happens to be the asylum that we find uh dr frankenstein and when he meets the uh director who's basically like a pervert um his name is director adolf by the way yeah i was like wow this is not subtle. <laughs> this is definitely Germany. But uh, so the director, uh, a director, Adolf John Stratton, um, who died in the early 90s, was another frequent actor on Doctor Who. Ah. As everyone in the Hammer movies has been on Doctor Who, it seems, which makes sense. Yes. It's Britain. <laughs> you need a job in acting, you take a job on Doctor Who. <laughs> but man, his career went back to 1941 to 1991. Wow. Yeah. Definitely long That's career. pretty extensive. The one thing I'd point out is this is a very heavy male film. I mean, living in the, the silent mute character we have, it's pretty much just like uh, Simon, Frankenstein, the monster. Because, I mean, yeah. without her having any lines, she's almost non-existent. And this is also our second mute girl. Um, we had that one, was she like that one redhead mute. Um, yeah, the one that was taking care of the Frankenstein's monster that was encased in the ice. The original monster. Yes, yeah. The uh, Mute Girl is played by Madeline Smith, uh, one of the glamour hammer uh, lovely women. We will see her again coming up soon in The Vampire Lovers. She plays Emma Morton, and she was just labeled as Beautiful Girl in Live and Let Die. <laughs> Interesting. I never saw Eureka, the sci-fi channel show, but I thought she was on that. But no, it's a show called the Eureka from the 1980s. But yeah, she's still working today. She was just in a movie. Yeah. She was in a short film called Crazy Bitch Blues. It came out in 2020. So, Wow. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah. One of the few people to put a movie out in 2020. <laughs> right? My, It's interesting because you can immediately tell that she's going to be like the main girl in this film because one of the first scenes when you get to the asylum they bring out all the patients and it's like these hideously ugly women or like extremely dirty looking women and then there's just her and like gee i wonder which one of these women is the main girl (laughs) all the inmates all have a different thing about them it seems they all have a little quirk one of them believes he is jesus or god 
I love that one line too, because when he, because when they're going around caring for the patients, and uh, he's like, "How, um, how are we feeling today?" And he's like, "God is always feeling fine." And he goes, "Okay, but then how is um, whatever his name was? I think it's like." Hetton or Hurton, something like that. How is Hurton feeling today? And he goes, oh, well, my, you know, my arm still really hurts. <laughs> I just thought that was cute. <laughs> so there's a character in the, in the um, credits who I couldn't figure out if this was supposed to be their character type, or was this their name, named Transvest? Are we talking about, like, Transvestite? Did I you see that? Don't... Yeah, I did not even pick up on that. Was there a transvestite in the movie at all? Was there some? Was there a dude pretending to be a woman or not pretending? You know what I mean. The, I did not. You didn't get anybody being like not. Yeah, I see. Like one gender trans- or another, right? In you know the same person. Transvest. I don't know if that means something different. Maybe that was their name. That's a kind of a weird name. Yeah, it might be this their name because that's not even. I'm not even getting anything when I googled that. I don't know who the actor is because there's no picture of them on IMDb, but their first credit was um, in 1947, and uh, they were born in 1909 and lived till 1997. That is a life. Wow. 88 years old. Yeah, I'm guessing that's just their name. I can't find anything else about that. Peter definitely looks like he has aged a lot. Yes, he looks quite gaunt yes. in this film. I mean, I thought he looked... Re- I thought he wouldn't... He looked great. He was extremely well dressed. Uh, he pulls off that gaunt look really well. Like I just love Peter Cushing and I loved his face and he looked fantastic. But he definitely has aged significantly since the last film. Yeah, even in online they say at the time of the movie he was fifty nine years old and he looked gaunt and frail, unfortunately. Yeah, his arms look really small. Mm. I mean, he's never not wearing like a coat in this one. And I mean, there's some story reason for that too. But also, he just even in his coat, he looks small. But uh, he also has a wig on the whole the whole time. Oh, really? Yes, 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 he does because that's not his natural hair. No, like I thought something looked off with his hair. When uh, I was watching it, and then I was reading through some back behind the scenes stuff, and I was like, "Oh, it was a wig." <laughs> what um, what did you find out the reason why Terrence and I said Terrence Howard before? I sound like an idiot. I meant Terrence Fisher. <laughs> Terrence Howard is the actor. Um, but uh, Terrence Fisher, Peter Cushing returned to this. Do we know why? Uh, all I could find was that um, they wanted to wrap up the. Frankenstein series and that they I guess they both have like quite a, a like like they like the the Hammer Frankenstein series and especially those two who give so much attention to detail for those but I couldn't find like a very specific reason why they came back I just am assuming that with the studio being like look we're wrapping up Frankenstein they probably wanted on board and this is also Terrence's last film before he died so oh. This movie, unfortunately, performed really badly, too. Um, this was one of the key films that killed Hammer, basically. This was the end of Hammer. This Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter, unfortunately, you know, as good as that movie is, that, unfortunately, was not a big studio hit for them. Uh, critically, it was good, but just nobody saw it. Yeah, um, and while I think it was... I think it's really unfortunate, actually, because um, out of all of the Hammer ones that we've been watching, this is my favorite. Like... I loved this one. Really? Um, 
yeah, I thought the pacing was pretty good. I loved Cushing. I mean, always, but it felt a lot more like Frankenstein. I would really say the creature design is its biggest downfall, but I really liked this one. So when I read that it was not, it flopped, I was pretty sad, but um, I think that has a lot to do with the films coming out at the time. Like you have The Exorcist, you have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So you're, you're in the mid seventies and you're getting films that are just, what year was The Exorcist? I know The Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out before 75, but what year was The Exorcist? 73. 73. Okay, so it was the time. Okay, I thought it was maybe the mid-70s, but that, yeah, it's still considered early 70s. Yeah. So, yeah, so you had, you know, films that were way more over the top and um, a little more intense, yeah. I think. And so I believe that's probably what audiences were looking for. And so when this came out, while this had a lot more, I want to say a lot more gore than they usually do. I mean, there's the entire brain operation scene. It's not the same, you know, it's all medical. It wasn't, like, cool kills. Mm. <laughs> no, there's no significant amount of cool kills in this movie, the exception of the one that, the big one that comes at the very end. Um, right. We'll get there. Uh, Frankenstein calls himself now Carl Victor. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> Very much reminds me of Dr. David Bruce Banner on the Incredible Hulk TV series. He would always come up with a name for himself that was still, like, something it was like it was like an amalgam of like banner in some way that was like so dumb and it's like dude just call yourself like john smith call yourself christopher columbus call yourself you know reed richards whatever (laughs) just don't keep calling yourself david or banner of something similar it was like god that show ran for five seasons (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's like because he's like, okay, well, which Simon's like, okay, well, what should I call you? And he's like, just call me my first name, Victor. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> but they said he also, they buried Baron Frankenstein. Like, he was yeah. cured of his mental craziness. It's like, so is this, a, is this a sequel to one of the other films, skipping other films? I mean, the last time we saw him, Peter Cushing, he was being burned to death in a fire. And the last time we saw Frankenstein, right. oh, sorry, yeah, uh, the last time we saw Frankenstein, the character was uh, getting off scot-free in the last movie. Right. So I think they're not, I think they're skipping horror of Frankenstein because that wasn't Cushing. And they're thinking it's a continuation from Frankenstein must be destroyed. How confusing is this for people? Right. And I guess instead of burning to death in that trapped and burning to death in that building, he only got away with his hands burned fascinating yeah i guess maybe yeah so it's a sequel to that but moving on so there's a funeral and he sees simon's watching the funeral and the bot they they drop the casket and they notice the guy has his hands cut off and we see the hands later on on the monster yes (laughs) he's not subtle no simon and frank uh set up their laboratory and simon's snooping around he hears something and he discovers that there's a monster um, and they need to do give it a brand new brain. So they give it the brain of the professor. And again, once again, nobody wears gloves except for Frankenstein wears some like fancy schmancy gloves, which are like, dude, uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, he's he's doing his operations with like velvet or some kind of like wool gloves. Like, okay, that would be very hard. Yeah, that. That yeah. didn't make any sense. No, I, I actually kind of want to talk about the um, the the people, the 
the the asylum patients. So because we're we're actually introduced to them before they die, which I thought was a pretty interesting little almost tidbit. Most of them live because they're in that lot. There yeah. a lot of them are in that big scene at the end. Yeah. So I like that. So we're, he's got Frankenstein has like the whole asylum that he takes care of. And then he has his special little row of, of patients that interest him. <laughs> and uh, so he's got the, the man who will be supplying the body for the creature who, when we go into his cell, it is completely empty and the bars are broken. And the story with him is that he was more animal than man, and he broke the bars and in a suicide attempt, jumped down three stories, I guess, and uh, landed in the, like, spikes below. But his body lived for ten days, even though he wanted to die. And when Frankenstein says he was more animal than man, I assumed that was a metaphor and no, no, it absolutely is not a fucking metaphor. This man is a fucking ape. <laughs> As his body is the uh, the main body for the creature. Um, it's not good. No, not the, good the, the, um, the, the body of the creature is the most hideously disgusting of all of the Frankenstein monsters. Seriously, like, what the fuck were you guys thinking? It like, looks horrible. <sighs> also, Prowse looks really short. Yes. He must yes, be hunched over in that thing, because Prowse is over six and a half feet tall. I mean, he's yeah. Darth Vader. He had to be to play Darth Vader, as well as those other roles. Right. I mean, in Horror Frankenstein, he is, like, huge and imposing, and the muscles are popping out or whatever. Also, right. this, it doesn't look like his face uh, underneath that no. mask, uh, because he has a slight eye problem or something. Like, it, it looks like he had a stroke or something like that. It's just bad. Doesn't, it doesn't look like his eyes, either. And No. It's a bad um, costume. It's a like, it's a very bad costume. However, he said that it, take, it only took him thirty minutes to put it on. I saw that he said instead of hours of getting ready, he's like only thirty minutes. Not too bad. Right. Like, so okay. <laughs> it looks like shit, though. <laughs> yeah, Prowse is six and six foot six. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew he had to be tall. Yeah, and he was at the pinnacle. Uh, sh- uh, the 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 best shape of his life at this point. I mean, he was born in 1950. Um, sorry, he was born in um, sorry, 1935. So he would have been in his 40s at this point. Oh wow! So he was in the best shape of his life. Um, and I mean, training like as I said in 1978, he would start training Christopher Reeve to play Superman. Um, right. You know, helping him gain muscle mass and things like that. So. Um, and we'll see him again uh, in another movie we're going to do called Vampire Circus. He plays the strongman in that movie. Oh, cool. Um, and let's see. Who else do we have? We have the hands, who are also part of the creature. That guy is a sculptor. And I thought this was very odd. So apparently he's in the insane asylum because his brain deteriorated to the point where it will never recover. I guess he just got really too sad and gave up. And his brain just, it died. It just mm. atrophied. Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, look, man, I've been so, so depressed before. But I don't know that it's ever atrophied to the point where I just can't do anything. Like, forever. I mean, I guess that's possible. Sad. 
Simon discovers the violin, and um, they... That's when I wrote my note. Uh, Prowse can move very well in the suit. Um, but he um, feels very put upon, it and he starts crying. And the only thing I could think of is this right here. I mean, you really got to feel something for this monster, because it's it's like the most tragic thing or whatever. And he's, oh, yeah. like, he's hungry. He keeps saying he's hungry. I God, I, that always kills me when I hear someone that, that they're hungry. I think that depresses mm-hmm. the hell out of me because of... How much food we have here in the United States? You know what I mean. How much food yeah. we have right now, especially even still, still during the pandemic. There was no time we really ran out of food, people. I mean, I know the grocery stores were like, uh, the plant that processes the chicken is COVID, and they had to like shift everything to another plant. You know, the food is fine because it's all dead. You know, dead food can't get COVID, but still, there's going to be a shortage on this, that, and the other thing, and the prices are going to go up, and they did. And, you know, this is not just, it's just meat. It's also like cereal boxes. It's also vegetables. The farmers have to lay off a bunch of people and things like that. But right. there's no point we ever ran out of food in the United States during the pandemic right now. And we won't. But to hear that sometimes when you hear somebody's hungry or whatever, God, it just depresses the hell out of me. It makes me so sad. Yeah. I mean, he was crying. Yeah. He was hungry. That's, that's, God. Whenever I see crying in horror movies, though, and whenever I see crying in any movie, this is exactly what I think of. Hey, Evelyn, can I ask you a question? You got a moment? Mm-hmm. Which team do you play for? Well, I, I'm a peach. Well, I was just wondering, because I couldn't figure out why you would throw home when we've got a two-run lead. You let the tying run get on second, and we lost the lead because of you. Now you start using your head. That's that love that's three feet above your ass. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris. (laughs) I want to scream. There's no crying in horror movies. (laughs) Right? You suck it up and, yeah. go and fight back against the killer or you get killed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's crying because, I mean, I don't blame him. Fucking Frankenstein basically guilted him into killing himself. Which, yeah. Jesus I, Christ. I thought the, I thought yeah. the monster was going to start playing the violin, by the way, because the, the score is playing the violin while he's yes. getting ready. Then he just smashes it apart. <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, he yes, because his brain comes from a different patient who is the he's a mathematician and a really well like a really fantastic violinist and uh he is only admitted to the insane asylum for a nervous disorder and then eventually I he has a homicidal tendency towards the director um for what i believe is because the director keeps just raping women so i mean i would be homicidal towards him as well for that um but the poor man he just had like fucking anxiety you just give him some anti-anxiety meds and send the little bastard on his way but uh frankenstein is like no he's incurable and then tells him that and the dude kills himself by hanging himself with his violin strings, which is so depressing. Um, 
And I also wanted to point out, they did a great job on his face for him being hanged. Like, his little tongue was poking out and oh, swollen, and God, his, yeah. his face was puffy. I was like, oh my god, I'm really proud of you guys. This looks like a hanged person. I'm really proud. I was so pleased. It's like they really wanted <laughs> to point a, put a point on anyone named Adolf being a complete and utter son of a bitch, because yeah, he's like, he's, 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 uh, he, he's, He's forcing his inmates to have sex with him, so he's basically raping them. Not only is he, uh, like, money laundering, he's also uh, just kind of a weirdo. And he's raping crazy women because they (laughs) they can't consent. So, amazing. What an amazing man. Um, yeah, they're really, really good. Um, so, do we call the monster Professor Monster? Because he's constantly called Professor by Frankenstein. (laughs) I mean... I feel like I would. I love the pot of food that Sarah gives him. It's like a giant pot of stew. <laughs> I write that down too in my notes because he he takes the lid off and he goes mm, kidneys and Ew. like I'm assuming these are kidney beans. No, I believe it's kidney stew because kidneys are a delicacy and a lot of people still eat animal kidneys. I don't know how often that still happens, but in foreign countries, probably like uh, where this movie takes place, yeah, kidneys are still you know, eaten of animals. I mean, think about it. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we like, eat cow liver. You know what I mean? Cow liver you can still buy in stores, which is all, which I'm always thinking true. about organs being eaten. No, thank you. I draw mm-hmm. the line. Yeah, I mean, every Thanksgiving and Christmas, depending on if it's turkey, my family has always pulled out like all the the extra bits, you know, and um, cooked them up. It's southern. Southern oh, people. I would actually boil them, cut them up, and feed them to my cat. Oh, I mean, people, we do that too, depending on what it is. Yeah, uh, my cat sometimes will take to them, sometimes it's not. Maybe it depends on what the animal is. So, um, yeah. So Frankenstein wants the monster to mate with Sarah. Jesus Christ, Frankenstein! And I'm just you and the rapey material that you're into is unbelievable. I thought you were oh, a uh, bad scientist and a gentleman, but I guess not. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was like, what? Simon's like, wait a minute. He's going to do what? And she's like, she's perfectly fine. I'm just like, no, she's not. (laughs) She's been raped before. That's why she's a mute. And then apparently she's not because she's like, no, it's time to speak up. Okay. And then she says something. So she does talk for, you know, a couple lines, a couple, a couple words. Yes, she at the end at the very end of the movie, she does finally have a couple of lines to Simon where she tells Simon to go get help. Yeah. Uh, Do you remember what the crazy woman in the cell says? It's like a quick cut to her saying something crazy then back to the main plot. Yeah, she uh, I just remember she has a witch's cackle. Oh man. I know she says like one line. Yeah, she's referred to as on IMDb. Hold on. Uh, where are you? She's old hag played by Lucy Griffiths. Gr- Gr- Griffith. <laughs> she is a character actor. Uh, so she died in 1982. Um her career goes back to the mid 1950s. A lot of stuff I have never seen before. But again, one of those actresses that just has a long list of credits to her name. Yeah. Born in 1919. Died in 1982. That's Uh, pretty impressive. uh, Yeah, I don't know. Still too soon, though. 63. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. It just seems like a long time ago because we're in 2020 and she was born in 1919. Right. So, but she died in 1982. That's where my math in my head started going, oh, wait, she did live a long time. No, she did not. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of people who didn't live long enough, you know who we lost this week at the age of 65 years old of throat cancer? Oh, uh, yeah. One of the greatest guitarists of all time. God, cancer sucks. Yeah. Eddie Van Halen. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I played that clip from... Uh, Bill and Ted, where they talk about how they need Eddie Van Halen in order to be great guitarists. <laughs> oh yeah! I was like, Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted knew exactly who they needed. They needed Eddie Van Halen, and so did we. Yeah. Uh, so the orderlies see the monster digging up graves, which is the funniest sight to see the monster digging up graves. And then mm-hmm. uh, he breaks into the director's office and he kills the director in the bloodiest scene in that the actual movie. And then, like the monster. It gets attacked by everybody, and it looks like a scene out of, like, Dawn of the Dead, where everyone rips the fucking monster apart. Like, they rip him apart. Yeah. And that one lady is, like, feeding pieces of him to uh, her, like, her doll. It's so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would have been funny if it was, like, a crow or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. I actually, speaking of Dawn of the Dead, I actually think that came out around the same year as well. Um, so you think like the of... horror genre was really getting away from the uh, the gothic horror that basically they had established in the mid 1950s? Yes, which is a lot of people thought that this. Uh, I think one of the criticisms was a lot of people thought this oh. movie was dated. Dawn of the Dead did not come out for another five years. Oh wow! So 1978, same year as uh, Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but you're right. The horror genre was shifting. Um, the Omen would come out in 1976. <clears throat> uh, Rosemary's Baby had already come out. Yeah. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre come out in 1974. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the horror genre was definitely changing a lot. It, it definitely yeah. shifted in ways that other people... It definitely shifted uh, the direction. Because if you recall, in the 80s, when they started making movies like The Lost Boys and Fright Night, they didn't want to copy vampires like they were they were in those old films. Right. They wanted the vampires to be today modern. They wanted '80s vampires, which is why you know uh, Kiefer Sutherland, the Lost Boys, look like the way they do. It's why Jeremy Dandridge dresses like the way he does. You know what I mean? He is a vampire from Peter Cushing's era, but he is a modern day vampire who's set in his modern day ways with his modern looking clothes and his giant, you know, giant collar and giant clothes, you know, huge shoulder pads mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, same thing with his sister in Friday Night Part Two. Um, I do remember a line from Dawn of the Dead, not Dawn of the Dead, I'm sorry. Uh, well, speaking of Dawn of the Dead, Tom Savini's in Dawn of the Dead. He's the makeup artist for the film as well, but he's also in From Dust Till Dawn. And he even points mm-hmm. out about, yeah, Peter Cushing used to do it all the time with, you know, making a cross. Yes. Yeah. Different film genre involved Peter yeah. Cushing. By the way, we're not done with Peter Cushing yet. I think we got another dozen movies of Peter Cushing. <laughs> and at least two more of them are vamp. No, sorry. Three more of them are vampire movies because he's in the Seven Golden Vampires as well, and he's oh, in yeah. the Vampire Lovers, and he's in Twins of Evil. Yes. So we got lots of Peter Cushing coming. Don't don't Yay. not going anywhere yet with Peter Cushing. We got his best work coming up soon. We got him happy too. We have him a psychopath. We have him a religious zealot that we hate today. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, so we got more Peter Cushing coming. I don't know how much more Christopher Lee we have coming other than the Mummy. So. So they tear the monster apart, and then Frankenstein says, well, we'll just do it again next time. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da! Frankenstein! 
You ever seen that robot chicken little gif of where Superman goes, da 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 da, Superman, after he does something completely dickish? Oh, yes. That's what it reminds me of. Every time Frankenstein's like, well, slaps his hands together, as I'm doing, which you can't see me on camera, um, slaps his hands together, well, I guess we'll just do it again next time. Da 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 da, Frankenstein! It's like. It's so. It's actually like extremely off-putting how not bothered he is. So like everyone else is like, uh, dude, our whole thing, and she's like fucked up royally, and he's like, no, it's fine, everything is fine. Don't talk to me about it, but it's fine. It's it's honestly fine. We'll just start over. We have plenty of. T- we have so much time. It's good. We're good. We're all good. Like you could. Say, he's to- really on the verge of like losing his goddamn shit. But he's you know like putting on out. that happy face. Yeah, and Sarah's still alive, and Simon's still alive. I mean, the only person who died was like the monster and the rapist director of the asylum. So good yeah. ending. <laughs> Frankenstein yeah. gets away with it, but it's like. We have to love to hate him? I, I, yeah. I guess yeah. so. <laughs> I mean, at least he's not raping anybody in this movie. Yes, exactly. I mean, I was it, I really liked the build-up to Frankenstein's character in this one. Because in the beginning, he's like, yeah, no, I'm just a dedicated surgeon to my patients. I love all of them. And I he's know actually, their daily routines. And he's actually in the movie, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I take care of them. And uh, then slowly it starts to unravel that you're like, oh my god, this crazy motherfucker is just plotting how to use their body parts. And I was like, oh, I love it. I love it. The composer for this movie is James Bernard, who we've talked about uh, very briefly before. He worked on the Quartermass Experiment, which we didn't cover yet. Um, The Curse of Frankenstein, Dracula, um, The Devil Rides Out, The Hound of the Baskervilles, which who's in The Hound of the Baskervilles? Uh, is Cushing in that one too? He is. And who else? Yes. Christopher uh, Lee. Is Prowse in this one too? No, Christopher Lee. Oh, yay. Yeah, Good. I think they play more I think they play Sherlock Holmes and uh and uh I think I, I swear to god, I think they play Sherlock Holmes and Watson. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, they're they're actually they're not trying to kill each other of them uh, in this movie. <laughs> uh and it's a hammer movie too. Yay. Yeah, uh hold on, I will have it up in two seconds. Um Yes, Peter Cushing plays Sherlock Holmes. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Christopher Lee plays Sir Henry. I don't know who Sir Henry is, but uh, he's in the movie. I don't think they're at each other's throats. Watson is played by Andre Morel, but Lee is in the movie. So, But Cushing plays Sherlock Holmes. This is actually one of the more favorite portrayals of Sherlock Holmes um, is by uh, Cushing. This is a horror mystery movie. Um, when a nobleman threatens a, uh, is threatened by a family curse on his newly inherited state, Detective Sherlock Holmes is hired to investigate. And guess who the movie is directed by? Terrence. Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> is it Terrence for sure? Yes, it is. Awesome. Yeah, so we'll get to that eventually because it, it sounds like a really cool movie. It came out in 1959, yeah. so it's, a, it's, it's definitely back in the early days of Peter Cushing's career. You know what movie awesome. I couldn't believe because okay so if you're watching this on Netflix folks you have the ability to do this X-ray of the movie and see who care who see who actors are in case you miss them uh, or you don't know their names and uh, um, so the the entire cast list comes up I completely forgot Peter Cushing was in one of my favorite comedies of all time Top Secret starring Val Kilmer 
Oh, really? Yeah. He plays the librarian that Val Kilmer goes to see that has, like, the giant magnifying glass up to his eye. When he takes it away, his his eye is still very big. And then they mm-hmm. do the backward scene of, like, throwing the book up, you know, in reverse or whatever. And the way he talks is all in reverse, too. <laughs> yes. Also, I love Val Kilmer. He's amazing as well. Yes, it's just it's unfortunate what's happened to him. He's basically lost the ability yes. to speak. So, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, he was uh, last thing he was just in was Jane Silent Bob reboot last year. Oh, really? He was? Yeah, he played Blunt. Oh, wow. He played uh, he played uh, Silent Bob's character, uh, Blunt Man. Oh, yeah. Oh. Which is <laughs> funny because he was Batman, and Chronic is played by a woman now. It's Melissa Melissa Benoist who plays Supergirl. Oh shit! Yeah, hmm. because Kevin Smith worked on Supergirl. He's directed like four episodes of Supergirl, and he was the guy who married uh, Melissa and her husband. Oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, um, he's hoping he comes. He gets to come back to direct an episode of Supergirl coming up. Uh, you know, to you know, he's gonna do everything he can to you know uh, do the whole quarantine thing. Because once you get to Canada, if you have business being there, you have to quarantine for two weeks. And they, yeah. by the way. They make sure you stay put, apparently. Good. Yeah. <laughs> That's all the notes I have here for this episode of Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, the Hammer Horror Podcast. Who do the boobs go to in this episode? Because there were none. <laughs> yeah, say there's not any. Madeline uh, Smith looked pretty even... uh, sewn up in that dress, though. Holy cow. Yeah, she, she has a great body shape. Like, so pretty. Oh, yeah. If you want to see it, you can check out her other movies. Or, like, she's a Bond girl, so... True, true, true. Yeah. So the the uh, the blood definitely goes to uh when the creature kills the director. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I think the badass should be the creature himself because he's yeah. puts up with so much and then he can, poor, poor thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I would agree completely. Poor poor thing. Um you know what I was kind of hoping is that we would get more like silliness out of the two orderlies that are throughout the movie but we didn't get a lot with them and I was expecting more comic relief. Yeah, there's just moments where their um their like their comic relief moments are so ill-timed that it's off-putting. Like when um the orderly who finds the professor hanged, he walks in and he's like oh my goodness, you did not hang yourself, sir. And he's like all smiley and happy about it. I'm like, what the fuck? Is, how am I supposed to take this? Like, is that, was it supposed to be funny? What part of this was supposed to be funny? I'm so fucking confused. Right, definitely. Um, that, <laughs> this is a, uh, this was an oddball movie with a really ugly creature. Like, they really went out of the way to make the creature just be hideous. You know, nothing attractive about that thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unless you're into no. insanely hairy men with, like, a bald, sp- a ginormous bald spot. <laughs> Unless you're really into, like, uh... You're into people's personalities. Literal, it's all about like, what's inside. <laughs> <laughs> like literal Neanderthals. I mean, this man evolution had skipped him. Right. I mean, God. I, I mean, whenever I had never seen this movie until now, and I always thought the creature was like some type of gorilla. Yeah. 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 We are going to do a one-off movie that doesn't have a series attached to it in November. Probably not in November, but hopefully sometime this year. I plan. We plan to start the Mummy films, which is a trilogy of Mummy movies. Um, we go back to Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee at each other's throats once again. But uh, sure. we're going to do a one-off movie, and we will announce it soon coming up, what one-off movie we're going to do. 
and we'll be back with uh, that in a couple weeks after this posts. If you want to find us, you can uh, go to the Dorkening uh, group. You can also check us out on our individual Twitters at ChrisDSAV. And you can find me at Ro Lauren, and that's R-O-L-0-R-E-N. And the main Facebook account for this podcast is Radio of Horror, as well as on Instagram. But Ro has her own Instagram, which is the same as her Twitter, right? Yep. Okay. And yep. if you would like to send us an email, you can. Thatradiohorror at gmail.com. Feel free to send us any accolades, praise, comments, and do so as well on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with a one-off Hammer Horror movie on Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, the Hammer Horror Podcast. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yay, happy Halloween! Hello, and welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, the new and improved Super Retro Throwback reviews the Audio Files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a Tooth Fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a Tooth Fairy and then some, because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the f- last 20 minutes of the movie. That That's what right. the game is. It's fucking monsters tearing up a, fuck- a fucking city. Secret Underground Hideouts. Cinema with Harrison Smith, Dorks the Podcast, The Dorkening, Black and White Fright, The Wicked Horror Show. Subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found. For more information, check out thedorkening.com.